from the horse capital of the world, the great city of Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome to Red Barn Radio, a program that celebrates roots music, southern style. Tonight, Red Barn Radio presents the Kentucky Cowhands. Well, I'm packing my grips, gonna take a trip, gonna leave today, no one better stay. Sense. I don't need no friends, don't have my fling, seen everything. Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at weku.org. Red Barn Radio is supported by Visit Lex, 
Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. More information on what Lexington has to offer is at visitlex.com. LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's Arts Council, creating a great American city inspired by the arts. Chef Greg Scott and Broussard's Delta Kitchen, featuring authentic flavors of New Orleans and the Mississippi Delta with live music every weekend. On Main Street in historic Georgetown, Kentucky, Broussard's is on Facebook. And AccuPrint, providing printing, design, and fulfillment. Online at AccuPrint.us. Good evening and welcome to Red Barn Radio. I'm Brad Becker. Red Barn Radio is now in its 18th season and tonight is show number 691. Following many weeks of stay at home and distancing restrictions, our performance hall is once again available to us and we are so glad to be back with you. To keep our staff and our musical guests safe, we will continue to abide by state guidelines concerning cleanliness and personal protective equipment. For the time being, our Wednesday programs will take place without a live in-studio audience. But no matter, folks, we welcome now to the Red Barn stage, the Kentucky Cowhands. Thanks for being here. We're so glad to have you here and so glad to be back up and running again. And what better way than with the Kentucky Cowhand? Could I ask one of you guys or maybe a couple of you to tag team the story of how you guys happen to come together? Yeah, we could definitely do that. I've really worked full time as a musician for a few years. And Andrew Tyler Brown. I worked as a freelance bass player and still do a lot of the time. And Kyle reached out to me when he moved to the state, pretty much, that he needed a bass player. 
there's not many people that can play slap upright. So, you know, the audition was one and it was me. I got RC and then we morphed into being a band more than just like backing up Carl when he was in the state, you know. So we, we turned into a full band about, I'd say, three months into playing with each other. We decided that that's the path we wanted to go, where we all work together as a team. And it's been great. It's been exactly what we've needed, all three of us in different ways, I'd say. significant shift from other things that you've been doing? Actually, I'm not asking you, Kyle, because I know that you've done some things like this with another band. What was the other group that you worked with? It was under my own name. It was Kyle Eldridge and the Rhythm Rounders for quite a few years. Kyle Eldridge. Started out as a big Western swing band in Ohio. We had like seven or eight, nine pieces at one time, and I was just impossible to keep together, let alone getting seven or eight people with totally different lives and schedules into a room to practice. Eventually whittled it down to a trio and worked with that format with different members for quite a few years, including you know my, my good pal Dakota Collins, who is nephew of Larry Collins from the Collins Kids from the 50s. Play a lot around the rockabilly scene internationally. You know, found a home here in Kentucky a few years ago. Met Andy, and Andy introduced me to RC, and we got this thing going, and I thought, well... We thought this needs its own title, not just someone's name. And although that, you know, I do still do that on the side, solo gigs and things like that. But we've been writing songs, recording and playing for the last couple of years now. And uh, I, I like the way it's going. It, we, we, we hit our mark and we, I feel like we're in a nice groove together. And uh, that's rare and hard to find. Yeah, well, nice. Well, we like the way it's going, too.
town. Then we'll have lots of little green trees all growing up. In Ohio, what part of Ohio were, were you in? Well, I give everyone a different answer because I lived kind of out in the country between like two or three different towns. I lived in between Springfield, Ohio, Yellow Springs, Ohio, and Enon, Ohio. We'll just say Yellow Springs, Ohio. That's pretty much my home area, my hometown. That's kind of progressive. It is, right? Yeah, because yeah. you got the you had is uh, it Antioch? Mm-hmm. Antioch was up there, right? That's okay, right, yeah. Right. It was a cool little town to grow up in. Kind of in the middle of nowhere, but in the middle of everything. There's, it's in between all these other little major cities and towns and cornfields. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, it's a mixture of that. So there's a mixture of different cultures there. But a very, very nice community there. Very warm, accepting. So many artists come through there and play all different kinds of music. And mm. it's all loved and appreciated. And so it was really good to kind of cut my teeth up there in, in that community. So how early in life did uh, country music plant its seeds in your heart? Well, from the time I was just a kid, I mean, my grandparents and my parents had old records, a lot of rockabilly stuff, and a lot oh. of bluegrass records, and old country and western, and they'd play those around the house when I was a little kid, and through osmosis, just sort of, I guess, absorbed that. And then years go by, you know, I'm a teenager, and learning guitar, and I'm in punk rock bands, and all kinds of stuff, and listening to that stuff one day in my car just for for old time's sake you know i had these an old speedy west and jimmy bryant record an old bob wills record and huh. i put that in and started singing along and i'd sung in rock bands before and punk bands and that was always the number one complaint it was always like your band's great you're really good at guitar but man you guys need a new singer you know and uh. I, I took that with a grain of salt but Singing along to these old records, you know, I guess I just got that kind of, I have that kind of nasally voice or whatever it is that has that quality to it. I thought, I could sing this. This is, this sounds, these guys sound like me. Maybe I'll give this a shot and started playing more and more of that. I was playing little coffee shops and little clubs in Ohio and more and more I started playing this and going this direction and it really got received well. I mean, better than the other stuff I was playing at the time, which wasn't bad. It was just, I really feel like yeah. I found my niche with this. Horseshoe Casino and Gamble till my money was gone Cause I'm a river 
feel like you developed your vocal style without even knowing it when you were a little kid? Were you singing along with, with those tunes? You, you, talk, you talk about that sort of nasal voice. Right, right. Uh, country singers. Were you singing along as a little kid, and do you feel like that is sort of what shaped the way that you vocalized? I think it is, yeah. I mean, as a little kid, I have two younger brothers, and I used to sit when we were real little, put on my cowboy hat, and I had a little metal guitar that was just a little toy guitar. I would play them songs I learned on the radio, you know, and didn't know what I was doing, but, you know, just memorize some of the words and the melody, and, and um, all these years later, it's really come full circle. Huh. Uh, you know, I've learned it for real now. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> Playing the only melodic instrument in a band must have at least an element of a stress associated with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a labor of love. It's a lot of fun. When I've narrowed it down to just a trio... Of course, you know, I'm responsible to fill most of those gaps, mm. you know, and, and Andy does a great job of adding a lot of melody and harmony to the bass parts that are missing. I can only play so many notes on the guitar, you know, and he really fills that warmth really well and, and RC with the rhythm. But yeah, playing just guitar, but loving so many different sounds and different instruments, being a Western swing fan and a country fan and a bluegrass fan. When I'm playing guitar, sometimes when I'm taking a solo, I'm imagining in my mind, oh, and here come the fiddles, and I'm doing the fiddle ah. on guitar, you know, the fiddle licks on guitar, or a little banjo lick here and there. Whatever, in my mind, it sounds like, that's, that's what I like to hear, you know, all these different instruments. And each instrument, not just the timbre of each instrument, but the actual notes, you know, the little licks and the little runs, they're unique to each instrument. Those are fun to learn on the guitar, or at least adapt them to the guitar in my own way, so that way I can fill all that space and I think it gives mainly the guitar solos, I suppose. You could say the solo sections, but I'm not singing. It gives it some variety compared to just playing strictly guitar licks on the guitar, period. You know, it, I think it adds some weird uniqueness uh, sometimes that may not be there if I were to just growing up listening to only guitar music. Yeah. At moments, it's very busy when you're doing really speedy licks. And then you have a nice way of making a... a cool dynamic when you sort of bend strings and you right. allow a little breathing room and i imagine you're allowing yourself to breathe also right when, <laughs> when you do things like absolutely. that absolutely right? you start getting really into it and then you gotta back down a little bit you gotta take a little breather and uh, a good style for that that i like i love on the guitar i mean i do it a lot when i'm just singing too is the the thumb pick kind of merle travis style guitar i don't play with a thumb pick because I play so many single notes that I couldn't play all that with a thumb pick. So I've learned to adapt, and I play it with just my normal pick and my middle finger, and it gives that nice, uh, you know. Yeah. Play melody and, and rhythm at the same time, even behind my singing. So that's allowed me to really expand that harmony, too. Yeah. 
you talked about a Western swing band that you were part of, the, yeah. the big uh, army of players. What was the config of musicians in oh. the Western swing band? Do you remember? We had twin fiddles. I, uh-huh. I had to have twin fiddles. Yeah. If, you, if you go that far and say, I've got a seven, eight-piece band, and you play Western swing, you, you got to have the twin fiddles. Yeah. So that was really fun. I had rhythm guitar, had lead guitar, which is B. We had piano, drums, and steel guitar. Uh-huh. We had a lap steel player. Yeah. Wow. Was that hard for you to, uh, to leave that? It was. Yeah, I mean, opportunities that come up, you know, over and over with booking, a lot of them far away, Nashville, out west, you know, Colorado. And I was getting all these offers to play. You know, I'd bring it up to, to you know, everyone, and it just wasn't feasible to get eight guys of totally different ages. I mean, our, our age range is all across the spectrum. I mean, it was a really cool group, totally different experience levels and everything, and it made it a lot of fun, but it was just too hard to take on the road. We played a couple more gigs. When I'd go back to Ohio, that's where I'm from, so I'd go back there and, you know, reconnect with those guys, and we'd play a gig or two and, and when it was possible for me or possible for them, but kept that alive. It's not like we, you know, ended the band and ended our friendships or something. Yeah, you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was a real, real nice band with real good friends in it. Coming up, more Red Barn Radio with the Kentucky Cowhands, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. We're back with more from the Kentucky Cowhands after this break. This is Red Barn Radio.
Welcome back. Tonight, we're with the Kentucky Cowhands, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. This is Red Barn Radio. and all kinds of stuff, rockabilly, of course, but also old country. And there was so much, you know, way back in the day, guys like George Barnes or, or Jimmy Bryant, Speedy West, all these guys on the West Coast, a lot of them that were, and that's a big part of Western swing that doesn't really get its fair rap, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, there was a big divide and difference between what was country music and Western music. That's why the name country and Western, uh, you know, penned by Ernest Tubb eventually became more of a common term because it was record companies were like, man, how do we categorize all this stuff, you know, and so much of it. But really the the Western swing guys were jazz musicians. They could keep up with, you know, if Benny Goodman hired them that day, they could fit in no problem. You know, they were jazz guys, even the twin fiddles, you know, they they shared a lot of country attributes and some country tunes and and things of that nature. But they consider themselves jazz musicians out Mm. there with World War Two. This big migration of, you know, folks coming from the Midwest and East to work in factories out on the West Coast. There was this time post-World War where all this sort of meshed together eventually. Country artists were coming out to the West Coast and being backed by Western swing bands. Mm. And, you know, a good example of that, like Hank Thompson. He was a solo country artist with him and his guitar, but he was backed by this big Western swing band. I learned a little of both, and I've always appreciated jazz. You know, again, going with the guitar playing and, and playing lots of different instruments, right, on my guitar... I also do the same with styles. I guess I have musical ADD of some kind. You know, I, I'm like, I want to hear the fiddle now. Now I want to hear steel guitar. And now I want to hear a rockabilly guitar solo lick. And now I want to hear this smooth jazz lick. And, and just mesh it all together for better or for worse. And this idiom sort of allows for that. Exactly. Yeah, cool. this, and it, it definitely allows it not only within a set list with different types of songs, but also, again, in the playing itself. At any given moment, I can do whatever I want, and it's it just goes. I know. Nice. Woke up this morning, looked out my door. 
stop trying, girl, leave you alone. If you don't think I'm leaving, you can count the days I've gone. You're gonna need, need my help someday. Oh, you're gonna be sorry you treat me this way. Milk Cow Blues, that's right. Andy reminded me of this when we first talked that you had been nominated for an Ameripolitan Award. What is an Ameripolitan Award? Sounds really interesting. And I also see that you are in great company uh, with people like Pokey Lafarge, uh, Big Sandy from the Fly Right Boys, and, and also, last but not least, Ray Benson of Asleep at the Wheel. So, I mean, that's amazing company. And what a really cool idea and what a kind of a mission that the Ameripolitan Awards has. So it's really fronted by, you know, an amazing artist in his own right, Dale Watson. He's based out of Texas for a long time. He's kind of back between Texas and uh, Memphis. The the Ameripolitan Awards has been around for quite a few years now, and it really showcases and features all kinds of alternative country music that doesn't really fit into the CMAs. You know, it's not right. mainstream country. It's rockabilly, Western swing, honky tonk, you know, you name it. And it's, there's, you know, categories for that and plenty of artists and so many big names have, you know, been nominated and won throughout the years. This past year, February, this past February was, it was my third nomination. So I'm, work, I'm working at it, but it's a good time. And, uh, Good to see so many people who I, I normally don't get to see because everyone's on the road all the time. And Big Sandy, Deke Dickerson, you know, obviously Dale Watson, Reverend Horton Heat, uh, so many big, big names that come through there. And of course, Asleep at the Wheel, I actually got a chance to uh, play a couple songs and, and jam with Katie Shore on fiddle. That was really nice. That was come cool. On. That was a fun time. So it's a blast down there. They do it every year in February. Listeners, check that out. It's pretty, pretty amazing. And oh, yeah. And it's nice to. An organization standing by country music, the uncompromised version of it, you know, which is, which is just awesome.
Can you tell folks about where you come from and how you got there? I've played in a lot of bands, and as a bass player, it's no stranger to be with a lot of people all the time. You know, there's so few true blue bass players out there. Andrew Tyler Brown. I grew up in Berea, Kentucky, south of Lexington. I, I call this area home still. I've never really left. I've, I, I travel so much that I've never really felt the need to leave. And so how come somebody is in Berea other than to be associated with either the, the craft industry of Berea or the college? I went to the college. Okay. My sister's one of the crafts people in Berea. Oh, okay. So, you know, we, I grew up actually in the hotel that the, the college owns, Boone Tavern. My mom was a manager there, so for five or six years I'd spend every day there after school or on weekends, and I uh, was a nuisance. I, like, had full reign of the building. I would go into the kitchen. I'd steal desserts for people that paid. <laughs> and I, uh, I had a full grand time. But, yeah, I went to Berea for a few years. I believe it was, like, 2011 to 2015, and I got an English degree from Berea. It was a great time. I played in the ensembles there, and I started a a folk roots ensemble while I was there, too. So when I got there, the bluegrass band was full, and I'm stubborn, and I don't like being told no. I got a a faculty sponsor, and I um, started a new class that I believe is still going on there, actually. So I could still play folk music for college credit and um, win in my own way. end up picking up the bass uh when i was 19 i'm 26 right now mm-hmm. um as i'm aware of and when i started that ensemble i played guitar and sang lead for it and uh, my bass player quit like so many bass player stories and i picked up upright my sophomore year of Berea. and well, why do bass players quit so much because they know that they can do what they want that's really huh. it. There's so few. Their reputation hardly gets tarnished. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're like, oh, man, we need the guy. But he's got so many issues. Nah, man, 
we need a bass player. <laughs> Is it your goal at this point in your musical life to settle into one or two ensembles and take that as far as it can go? You know, I think when you get out of college, because I went to Moorhead State after Berea for their music program, as soon as I got out, I just wanted to work. I didn't really care what I was doing. So I played with a lot of really popular regional artists and mm. national touring acts, and that was fun. I learned a lot, and I learned what to do, what not to do, what I liked, what I didn't like, situations that I don't want to be in again, and situations that I would kill to be in every day. You know, mm-hmm. and met Kyle, and we were thinking, oh, we really want to put our heads to the grind on this one felt very confident in that we could pull it off and, we, and we've done very well I would say you know last year was our first year as a band I mean we played I would say maybe like 70 shows our first year something like that on top of like all the work that I was still doing because I had all these big obligations from before we started that were on paper it was an insane year of playing it was amazing <laughs> well you know it's funny I think about you think about what's going on right now in our world and read a lot about the restaurant business and, and there were so many restaurants, you know, were just picking up momentum, and then, bam, this thing hits. You guys are sort of like that, right? You were picking up momentum, and then this hit, and you didn't have opportunities to, to get out and play, much less practice. And we've really taken it to the Internet. You know, we've been doing a lot more social media engagement. We've put off some, we have some recordings in the can that we've rethought about and have change what we're going to do with them that we, ha- we haven't really fully thought out yet but we're on the path to doing that finding a better team overall whether it be booking or management or any of that kind of stuff we have now the breathing room to do what we need to do without being like we got to keep working you know if because yeah. no one really talks about the fact that musicians work so much all the time so their brains don't rest really well I think that's a part of the frazzled stereotype that you could see in musicians. Some people translate it as like lazy mm. or just being an artist. I think people just work so much that they get silly. Uh-huh. So, you know, and I feel really good about that. Like our social media has gone up tremendously. Like I would say in the last uh, two weeks or three weeks or so, we've gotten 1,200 new followers on Instagram. And, and that's just from us working on that. And we're still doing some live stream with festivals and stuff. We're just like, if we can win the internet this year, we won. That's All our. Right. That's what we're winning. It's Mississippi, in California. There's no lands and then there's ice. There are prairies, there are oceans, and there's me and I. You'll speak slowly.
wonderful to hear that pared down sound. I'm going to ask you the same question that I was asking Kyle. You know, it's like you feel sometimes you, you got a you got a snare, a hi hat, and a kick. Do you feel like a lot's on your shoulders sometimes? No, no. I just try to be as relaxed as possible and just kind of feel what what they're doing, how they're working together, and then I, I just try to weasel in the middle, lock them together as best as I can on the fly, because uh, most of the things I do, I, I don't play the song the same time twice, usually. R.C. Hampton. I mean, I grew up playing punk music, and I pretty much ended up with this kind of setup. I had a floor tom at time. You know, I'd take and leave pieces here and there, and I had a lot more cymbals when I did that kind of thing, but I'm much more comfortable just doing this what my like progression degression whatever you want to call it with music (laughs) is went from punk to blues i was living in new orleans and playing primarily on the street busking and then i ended up eventually moving here from new orleans getting more into old time everything's just kind of like i went from punk drums to washboard to now pretty much this i mean really that's the progression or degression of uh the setup i'm gonna call it a progression yeah i I like it you know when it comes to rock music does a billy always have to be added to the rock that you play no uh this is my first experience being a part of this style it shares a lot of technique and sound but with a lot of other things I've been involved with. But, uh, I mean, this is much more, uh, I mean, it's just different. It's just mm-hmm. different than anything else that I've done. It got a little bit more Billy on it. But,
would like to thank the Kentucky Cowhands for being with us this evening. We thank all of you for listening and watching. We also thank our volunteers and staff for their help in making our production happen each and every week. We give a very special thanks to Nick Lazaroff for his production photography. Thank you all for listening to our webcast, watching us on Facebook and YouTube Live, and those listening to us on the Red Barn Network of Stations. Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. It's your chance to hear more great live Kentucky music from Red Barn Radio and WEKU. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Arts Place Performance Hall in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. Hey, folks, once again... Give it up for the Kentucky Cowhands here on the Red Barn stage. Red Barn Radio would like to thank the Kentucky Cowhands, Kyle, Andy, and R.C. for being with us tonight. Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. 
Listen online at WEKU.org. Thanks also to Chef Greg Scott and Broussard's Delta Kitchen, featuring authentic flavors of New Orleans and the Mississippi Delta on Main Street in historic Georgetown, Kentucky. Broussard's is on Facebook. AccuPrint, providing printing, design, and fulfillment online at AccuPrint.us. Support for Red Barn Radio also comes from LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's Arts Council, creating a great American city inspired by the arts. And Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. More information on what Lexington has to offer is at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The music for this episode was mixed by Adam Schettinger. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of The Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. WookoutAmerica.com. You can attend a Red Barn Radio concert in person. Performance times and dates are at RedBarnRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be here on this station next week at this same time as we celebrate the music and artists of this Kentucky region. I'm the voice of Red Barn Radio, Tom Brown. Red Barn Radio is a production of Red Barn Radio, LLC. (laughs) 